Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. Can you imagine being excited every day to go to work? And being able to use your gifts, your talents, your strengths each and every day and helping the people you lead do the same? Can you imagine seeing the impact you have on your community and your clients and know that you're truly making that difference? And can you imagine still coming home at the end of the day having energy left for the rest of your life? Sadly, for most of us, that's just a dream. In a 2015 survey from Peel Leadership in Ontario, they discovered that 92% of executive directors report feeling some degree of burnout. Nearly two-thirds of them have poor work-life balance. Now, that's not okay. We have become accustomed to that lifestyle in the nonprofit world. We say that's just the way it is. We've become almost immune to the stressors that we deal with every day. But here's the thing. Last week and the week before that, we've been talking about the surviving to thriving continuum. And here's the problem that I see. We are settling for this way of being in leadership. We are settling for the stress, the hours that we put in, the burnout, the living in survival mode. And I truly think it's time to change that. It's okay to be in survival mode sometimes. The truth is there will always be those busy times. There will always be accreditation and new projects and a big fundraising event and starting a new program. We will always have to be in survival mode for a period of time. But survival mode becomes a problem when we live there rather than visit there. And so we, the collective we, need to start changing that. And that starts with you. Last week, I talked about getting out of survival mode and how to move towards thriving. Thriving is the other end of the spectrum where you have energy, you're enthusiastic about the work you're doing, the people you work with, and you're engaged and you're making a difference. I call that thriving. And I'm not the only one who talks about this. Martin Seligman, who is sort of the father of positive psychology, he talks about flourishing and he's done a ton of research. So if you follow any of the positive psychology movement, you've probably heard some of the stuff from Martin Seligman along the way. But as Martin Seligman has done his work, he's shifted his understanding because he's done tons of research and engaged with people and done a lot of learning around this. His One of his first books was called Authentic Happiness because he thought we were trying to strive for that all almighty happiness. But actually, when he did the next book, he shifted it to learned optimism. How to, It's not about being happy all the time. It's about, you know, being optimistic and hopeful. And then his latest book is called Flourishing, because when we can learn to be content and peaceful and have that optimism and hope and bring all of that into our everyday, that's where we're flourishing. So again, I call it the surviving to thriving continuum, but it's about flourishing. It's about really coming alive at that place. Last week in episode 18, I talked about those three steps to move you from surviving to thriving. And that was 
Where Am I Now? and go back to episode number 17. You can totally understand the continuum. I go into it deeper. Where am I at? And there was a guide sheet there to help you assess where you're at on the surviving to thriving continuum. Then we talked last week about where is it that you want to be and create that thriving target. And again, last week I had a second guide sheet that helps you dive deeper into that thriving target. And then the third step was, so how do you get there? And so today I wanted to give you five strategies to move towards your thriving target. Because I think sometimes we know kind of sort of what we want. We've got a vague idea, but where we really get stuck is how do I get there? I know I want to have energy at the end of the day. I know I want to be doing meaningful work. I know I want to be aligned with my ethics, morals, and values. But at the end of the day, I am just putting out fires, dealing with crisis, trying to just get through my day. I don't have any idea how to do anything different. And the truth is, half the other leaders around me don't know either because we just looked at that stat. You're not the only one stuck in survival mode. Your peers, the leaders of other nonprofits in Canada, are struggling too. The majority of you are ready to burn out. And that's kind of scary when we think about the majority of the leaders and the majority of you are women, the majority of the women leading in Canada's nonprofits are ready to burn out. That's a problem. And we need to start changing that. These are the five strategies that I'm going to give you to start moving towards that thriving target. So you've identified where you're at on the continuum. You know kind of sort of what your thriving target looks like what it would feel like to be engaged and energetic and enthusiastic about your work. How do you get there? First, identify your community. I talked about in episode 18, I think, when I started to get involved in a new project and I really felt engaged and excited about the work we were doing. And part of that was that I was involved in a community of people that were also doing the same work and also had the same enthusiasm and passion. In that same survey that I talked about a few minutes ago from Peel Leadership, what they identified was 72% of executive directors report feeling a little or somewhat isolated, and 12% report feeling a lot isolated. 84% of you feel some degree of isolation, meaning you're stuck in this silo trying to lead and you've got nobody around you that you can lean on, that you've got for support, that understands where you're at, that gets you. And we are hardwired to belong. That's how we survive is being part of a community. And when you're not part of something, when you feel like you're the one that's kind of out there and everybody else is together and against you, oh my God, trust me, I know because I've been there. It feels awful. It does not feel good. So you have to create your community. So the first strategy is to identify your community. What are you looking for? What types of communities might be out there? Back in the day when when I was very first starting out, we were doing some work in our community around parenting and there was about four or five smaller groups working on similar kind of stuff. So myself and the other four leaders of those organizations would get together once a week for a breakfast meeting and we would chit chat about, you know, strategies and how to do this and that. But it inevitably ended up talking about our personal experience of leadership as well. And that's one of the keys here is identify your group, but then also 
figure out how to make it personal. You know, and this is where we're struggling in the uh, online world now. When you go to an interagency meeting, when you're going to a funder meeting, when you're sitting on a committee, a board, whatever, it's not the meeting that counts. It's the side conversations. It's the conversations with that other leader in the bathroom or when you're walking down the hall with somebody that you that you chat about something. And it's about that personal connection that you make with people. So find a way to first identify your community, whether that's a group that meets regularly, whether you've got a book club that connects and talks about certain leadership books, or books about the work you're doing, or you're involved just in a project that you're, you're working on. Identify your community and then make it personal. The second strategy to move towards your thriving target is really think about the difference you want to make. When I first started out, I am a child and youth care worker by trade. And so when I first started out, the work I was doing, the meaning around the work I was doing was around making a difference for youth. I then switched into parenting programs. So I moved from making a difference to youth to parenting. When I moved into leadership, suddenly I was supervising other people. And so I was trying to figure out how to help those people be their best. And then I moved into helping leaders be their best. And so what I've realized over the years is that it's always about me helping you take ownership for changing your life. So that, and here's comes back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the, the episode, so that you can use your gifts, talents, and strengths to their advantage, where you can make your difference, and where you can come home at the end of the day and still have energy left for your rest, the rest of your life. That's the difference I want to make in the world. I want to know that you are not one of those 92% of leaders who are on the edge of burnout. I want to know that you are one of those leaders who is moving towards your thriving end of the spectrum. And I want to know that you're engaged and enthusiastic and energetic about the work that you do every day. So that's the second strategy. Really think about the difference you want to make and write it down. Figure it out so that you know when you go to work every day, what part of this meeting is helping me make that difference? What's in this conversation, where can I bring that meaning in? Because that will help you move towards that thriving target. Third strategy, identify and use your strengths. So sit down and look at what do I already know my strengths are? What am I good at? I was you know, a child and youth care worker by trade. I then got my degree in leadership, but I was a techie at heart, still am. And so I always knew that that was one of my strengths. I also know that one of my strengths is being able to express gratitude, hope, optimism. And so I have to be able to do that. I have a strength around writing and not grammar writing, but in being able to write down simplistically the the things that we need to do. So I was good at policy writing. Again, not the grammar part of it. Somebody always had to do the editing for me because that is definitely not one of my strengths. But I could take the idea and put it into words in a way that people understood. So identify what you know your strengths are and first look at what you know, then look at what others have said and really look deeply. I look back at my performance appraisals now and I can see the words that people used that um, identified who I was. And part of that was I was generous and kind, um, but also playful and fun. And again, I had a way of creating the, the message that I needed to share in a way that people could understand. 
in the training library, I'm always encouraging my ladies to head on over to Virtues in Action, and I'll put the links below, and do your Via Signature Strengths. And this is comes back to the work that Martin Seligman does on positive psychology, but identify your core strengths. So one of my core strengths is appreciation of beauty and excellence. And so that for me, is a strength I always want to excel. I took my team when we went through accreditation, we were always getting top, top marks in accreditation. Now, you can use your strengths too much, and sometimes I use that strength and I become a perfectionist, and I demand perfection from the people around me. So I have to be aware of that, not to overuse my strengths. But that's the third strategy. Identify and use your strengths. What do you know your strengths are? What have others said your strengths are? And then if you're um, eager to, to move further, head on over and figure out your virtues and action signature strengths. Fourth strategy for moving towards your, your thriving target is to find congruence. So in the training library, I do a deep dive with my students around values. We how often say that we know what our values are, but in truth, we're not clear on what our values are. I've said for years that I value family, but to sit down and understand what that means when I am being aligned with family, because I valued family for years, but I certainly wasn't honoring that value for many, many years when I was in leadership. And that's where I felt incongruent. What are the ethics? What are the, the things that I think are important to me? What are the morals? And then how am I aligned with them? How do I know I'm aligned with them? How do I communicate those? Because often when we are feeling icky, out of sorts, angry, frustrated, irritated and annoyed, it's because we're not in alignment with our values, ethics and morals or our organization isn't or the people we work with aren't. So one of my other top values is lifelong learning. When I haven't had the opportunity to learn and grow, I've been annoyed, irritated, bored, frustrated. Growth is important to me. And so when I can identify that personal learning and development is that ongoing personal learning and growth is important to me, then I can figure out what's off when I'm not in alignment with that. That takes us to our fifth strategy for moving towards our thriving target. And that is finding opportunities to grow. I'm going to go back to that Peel Leadership Survey for a minute. In, in, uh, when they did their survey, only 23% of executive directors applied for and received personal development training. Let me say that again, and I want you he to hear exactly what this stat says. Only 23% of EDs applied for and received funding for PD training. What that tells me is a lot of people aren't even applying. You're not even asking for training. You're not even saying, I want to do this. And here's where we get into this um, sort of martyr syndrome. Oh, we only have so much training. I, may, I better make sure that everybody else gets it. Or I've had so much, it's not fair for me to get it. You need to continue learning and growing as a leader. You are not going to be able to serve your team if you stop growing. And the growth that you need now is very different than the growth that you needed in the beginning. So you need to look at what are the things that you need to learn and grow. And it's more now as a leader around leadership development and your personal development. Those go hand in hand. You cannot 
learn to be courageous. You can't figure out how to step into some of those difficult conversations if you haven't looked inward. You can do all the book learning you want, theory you want, but if you haven't figured out how to integrate that from all of the challenges you've been in your life, in in your life, all the uh, sort of fears you have, everything that's inside of you, you have to figure that out too. So you need to find opportunities to grow. And what I have said is we need to stop waiting for somebody else to give us permission or approval or the funding to grow. When I look at what happened, when I started really shifting and changing things, I took matters into my own hands. The other ladies that you've heard interviewed here also took matters into their own hands. They started doing the inner work. That can simply be starting to journal. It can be getting a book and reading and then studying. And and that's one of the things that, again, I go back to one of my strengths is, is excellence. I don't read a book, I study a book. I'm highlighting and taking notes and I'm figuring out how that idea fits with another idea and how it all integrates into me and how that integrates into how I teach you. And so I really dive deep into studying. There's no cost, well, limited cost for a library card for most of us. So you can start this and make time for it. So don't wait for it, but take advantage of it. In, and again, one of the other things that some people will say is we don't have a lot of money in the nonprofit sector. So again, it doesn't cost a lot if you start creating your own curriculum. I've, I've talked about this before, not in the podcast so much, but in, but in some of my Facebook lives or in, in some of the blogs, that you have to create your own learning curriculum. And that's actually one of the webinars that I did inside of the training library, because you need to figure out what do I need to learn? Where you're at is not the same as the executive director down the hall, across the street or across the country. We're all at a different place. And so when we think about what learning and development we need, I might need to figure out spiritual stuff. You might need to figure out the the courageous conversations. And we need to figure out, okay, so how do I learn those things? What's the connection for me? And you need to create what book do I need? What person do I need to talk to? Do I need a mentor? Do I need a coach? Do I need to take a course? You need to create your own learning curriculum. Sorry, I get off on a little bit of a high horse on this one because I think it's important. And it's why I created the training library and why I've made it affordable and accessible to you. Here's the thing about um, what I've discovered in the training library is the majority of women aren't having their organization pay for it. They're paying for it themselves. It's $19.97 a month. It's affordable and accessible for you to get a ton of ongoing personal and professional development training. So whether you join the training library, whether you get a library card, whether you reach out and find a mentor guide, whatever it is you do, the fifth strategy is to find opportunities to learn and grow. So let me go through those again. Five strategies to move you towards your thriving target. First, identify your community and then make it personal. Number two, think about the difference you want to make and write it down. Number three, identify and then use your strengths. Number four, find congruency between what you believe, what's important to you and what you're actually doing. And then number five, find opportunities to grow. When you take the time to do this, 
when you really step back and look at, okay, I'm tired of living in survival mode. I'm done with it. I'm so done with tolerating this place where me and many of the other leaders of the nonprofit organizations live. When you really stop and then decide what you're going to do and start moving towards that, not only are you going to feel better, but you're going to create a ripple out in the people around you, both in your personal life and at work, because you can't start to change without changing others. So if you're tired of where you're at, take responsibility, start moving towards your thriving target. Because that's my dear, what's going to make you thrive in both your leadership and your life. Go make the rest of your day awesome, my dear. A little sneak peek into next week's episode. Next week, I interview Gord Shepherd. And if you are thinking about your organization creating online learning, then you really want to tune in next week. Because Gord talks about not just what to do, but the how to create the strategy for investing and developing online or learning in your company, maybe internal online learning, or maybe learning that you want to do and, and market out to, to other nonprofits. So make sure, you, make sure that you tune in next week to listen to that interview I do with Gord Shepherd. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the training library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome.